Welcome to the podcast. Uh, this is my fourth recommendation reaction podcast. And at this point, I've given up on uh, video recording and putting it on YouTube because I realize there's just not much, uh, much reason to look at me while I'm talking. Uh, I have a face for radio and a voice for print, but here I am doing podcasting anyways. Um, and I took two weeks off because I was enjoying the end of my summer, had a guy's camping weekend, and then a trip home to Tennessee to visit family, uh, but wanted to get back to it this week. Recommending movies, rewatching them myself, and talking about them. And because we're in back-to-school season and I'm getting ready to start a new school year and, and teach, I thought it'd be fun to visit a school-themed comedy, because uh, I hadn't recommended a comedy yet either to this point. So I wanted a comedy, wanted it to be school-themed, and so I went with School of Rock, which, again, I was one of my favorites uh, when it first came out. Um, I was a senior in high school, and so I, I think it came out in theaters when I was a senior in high school, but by the time it came out on DVD, I was in college, and I remember buying the DVD and just watching it over and over again. I watched it with commentary. The kids had a commentary track I watched it with. I don't know why. I just kind of was obsessed with the movie. It was just such a... Uh, easygoing movie. I think I recognized from the beginning, you know, saying that, I feel like I got to clarify, I recognized from the beginning that it's a flawed movie, <laughs> right? I didn't think it was uh, Citizen Kane or anything like that. There was just something so watchable about it that I was almost like obsessed with why it was so watchable and just kept watching it. Um, and so I, again, I was curious to see all these years later, there are movies that I really enjoyed at that time in my life that now I look back on and I go, oh, I don't even think I could watch that movie. And so there's a little bit of fear when I go back and revisit these old favorites. I don't know if you guys feel that. Do you feel fear when you visit old favorites? Like, oh no, what if this is not as good as I remember? And it just ruins it for me. Maybe I should just leave it in my memory where it's pristine. But no, I went back and uh, and I watched the movie, just, just finished it actually. And I gotta say, still enjoyable. It's still a good time. I will say maybe not as good as I felt it was then, uh, but that's not, I mean, like, I loved it then, and I think there's also just the law of diminishing returns, like, you can only watch something so many times, that's another reason why I don't watch a lot of my old favorites, because I'll run them into the ground when I like them, or at least I used to, and uh, so, you know, I hadn't seen it in years and years, but still probably, like, the literally 20th time I've seen the movie. So here, there's just a couple points I want to hit on. I don't want to make these too long. Uh, you know, I give myself that 15-minute hard out, but that's like that should be top end. We'll see if we can get it done in 10. Unless you just like listening to me, let me know if you feel like I should talk longer. But I feel like nobody in the world uh, listens to me. And especially don't want me to talk longer. All right, so the thing I want to talk about this movie is that it is just a fun movie. And what I mean by that is... That's the whole point. Like, it's it's very low stakes. Now, I know most comedies, of course, the point is to have fun. But by that, I mean, like, they really don't care about the story as long as you're having fun. I know that sounds, like, kind of weird to say, but this is what I mean. Uh, all of the setup, all of the plot line, the conflict, the stuff that normally drives a story is very sort of tertiary in this story. That means, like... It's not primary, it's not secondary, it's third of third importance. 
because it's really just to get you to the to the point. The main point of this movie is Jack Black's charm and these talented kids. That's what the whole movie rides on. And it's just a hangout movie, right? So there's movies that are driven by plot and conflict where it's, oh my gosh, this thing that's happening and I need to see how it's resolved and I need to see how the characters get through this situation. That's most movies. And then you have movies like this one that they're just hangout movies. The plot's not so much important. It just wants you to have a good time hanging out with characters. And so it puts them in a situation and then you watch them in that situation, but the situation's not the important part. And there's different ways to come about this. Like Tarantino has made a couple of hangout movies, uh, Jackie Brown, and recently his last one, Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's a hangout movie. But I mean, like he just wants you to hang out with characters, interesting characters, and put them in an interesting place. Now Tarantino doesn't mind having characters you hang out with that are not good characters, right? Characters you're not even necessarily supposed to like, but they're just different or interesting. So he wants you to hang out with them, and. This movie was made by Richard Linklater, and Linklater, not that he is uh, doesn't have any edgy characters in movies, but Linklater is like the perfect guy for this movie because Linklater is the king of the hangout comedy movie, right? Linklater kind of burst on the scene with uh, Dazed and Confused. Actually, did Slackers before that, but Dazed and Confused uh, is kind of his main first big hit. Uh, he did the before movies, before Sunrise, before Sunset, and before Midnight which are three romantic movies that are just hangout movies, just enjoy spending time with the characters. And he did Boyhood, which was you know the gimmick of recording over 12 years um, and didn't have much of a plot. It was just a hangout with the characters, grow up with the characters movie. So that's what Linklater does. Linklater does that better than anybody else, I think. Should also shout out his spiritual sequel to Days and Confused, which is Everybody Wants Some, another great hangout movie where it's not important what the character's doing, just having fun with the characters. So I think, you know, great job by Linklater and great job by the writer, Mike White. Mike White is in the movie. He's the guy that plays his roommate that he impersonates, Ned Schneebly. Uh, you know, I think that adds to some of the humor when you know that because he writes himself as such a wimpy guy who just gets pushed around by everybody. And it seems like a sad character, but when you realize the guy wrote it for himself, I think it kind of makes it funny. Uh, but he was neighbors with Jack Black and wrote the role specifically for Jack Black, kind of knowing his strengths. And you can just tell, this movie was tailor-made for Jack Black. And like I said, that's one of the things, one of the two key points of this movie is Jack Black's charm. Now, I totally get if people don't like Jack Black. If people think that he's just too over the top, because the dude turns it up to 11 and just goes for it. Uh, but I think this is this is the perfect vehicle for if people are kind of on the fence about Jack Black, like they can they can accept Jack Black in this one because it's so custom made for him. It doesn't stand out. It doesn't jump out in contrast to everything else. And everybody in the movie, uh, again, because it's a low stakes movie, they don't want you to feel the weight of how ridiculous his character is. And so everybody around him, it just sort of like brushes off how crazy he is because they want you just to keep having a good time with it. So, again, hardly any consequences. And that's something that, man, you roll your eyes at a lot in this movie, the absurd things that he gets away with. I mean, the big crucial conflict of the movie when he's being confronted and the parents are finding out that he's an imposter, the school's finding out he's an imposter, and the cops are there, and he makes that great comment where he thinks he just nails it 
to emotionally appeal to the parents and everybody, and he says, I have been touched by your kids, and I'm pretty sure I've touched them. And he smiles like, got it. And then all the parents are like, oh my gosh. And the next thing we see, he's running down the hallway with two guitars. Parents sliding out in the hallway. Where'd he go? And then they're back at his apartment. And just like the people who live at the apartment are having an argument. What happened to the cops? What happened to the legal ramifications of impersonating a teacher and, yeah, being involved in this? Like, I feel like he would have been in jail for sure. But the movie doesn't want you to, like, worry about that. And so it's like, let's quickly just blow on by that. And it's actually a good thing for the movie. I mean, there's a lot. How did he even get the teaching job? Like, really, they don't even require you to present an ID. My point is, that's not the point. It doesn't matter. It's a, there's some reason I, I want to compare this movie for a second to Billy Madison. So Billy Madison is another absurd school-based movie. And maybe I should have made that the recommendation. That's another one that I loved in like junior high I could quote that movie haven't watched in a long time so shoot maybe this is a spoiler maybe next week Billy Madison's the movie probably not because uh, I ruined it just now why would I pick it now um, where was I going but Billy Madison is just absurd from the get go something about it being Adam Sandler and he just starts off he's living in a mansion and he's speaking gibberish and all sorts of stuff and you're just like okay this movie is bonkers it doesn't matter what happens School of Rock is, like, almost just grounded in reality enough that you start to find yourself going, like, how do they get away with that? And you have to remind yourself, this is absurdism. Like, it doesn't matter. Of course none of this could happen. Not the point. We want to show you just how much fun it would be if it could. So that's the point. Uh, the kids being super talented is awesome. Um, they found kids who were actually that talented, obviously, in the casting process. It reminds me of uh, the movie Miracle. How in the world does it remind me of Miracle, right? This sports movie. Well, because they went through the process in Miracle of, or they went through the debate of, do we find actors and teach them to play hockey, or do we find hockey players and try to have them act? And they went with, let's find hockey players and have them act. Um, some of them had acting experience and were more so actors than, like, the guy who plays the goalie in Miracle. But they found guys who were good at hockey so that they could make the hockey scenes believable. Well, they found kids that could actually play instruments really well and um, some of that behind the scenes stuff is fascinating like the kid who plays Zach and his old arc in the movie <laughs> again it sounds almost too uh, snobbish to even talk about character arcs in a movie as ridiculous as this but his arc in the movie is that he's really uptight at first and he just plays stuff like as he's supposed to and Jack Black tells him he's a little robotronic uh, and to loosen up loosey goosey teaches him power stance but uh, in real life, the kid who plays Zach is very free, and he came in the way he is at the end, uh, where he's got all the flair, and the real kid would play like that, so he had to make himself be uptight and slowly relax as the film went on, and the kid who played the drummer uh, tried to make it so he struggled a little more early in the movie, and then as the movie went on, he would get better at drumming, and that's the little things you notice when you watch it over and over again. You're like, what amazing detail in a movie that really doesn't require it. Uh, but it's little things that make it that much better. Um, I think it's critical that the song is pretty catchy at the end because it builds to that concert. And as I was watching the movie this time, uh, man, we're creeping up to 15. It's already almost at 12. But I was watching it this time. The song started playing, and I turned up the volume really high on my TV, and I started singing along with the song because, of course, I've watched enough I haven't memorized. But uh, it's, I'm not even saying like it's a great song. It's not like I have it on my 
phone and I listen to it all the time while driving. But it's good enough that like you get into it in the movie. And if it was a bad song, the movie just wouldn't work. Um, there's other movies like that, but I won't name them because maybe there'll be eventual rewatch reactions. That thing you do. Anyways, so my conclusion with this movie, it holds up. Still a lot of fun. Um, Linklater did a great job directing. Mike White, great job writing. But the main thing is Jack Black was just a star in this role. Um, everything that he does, all his eccentricities were on display. All the great facial expressions, the vocal performance, obviously. Not just when he's singing, I'm talking about the way he talks and the inflections and the dramatics that he does with everything. Being so over the top was just perfect in this particular movie. Uh, but I also just tend to enjoy Jack Black anyways. I like him in other movies. Um, but this this is up there for my favorite Jack Black performance. And also, I'm just into rock. That's something that I think I'm also influenced by in this movie. Uh, I, you know, I find myself discussing with my own students rock music and not too in-depth because you want to be a good role model. But uh, it's fun, just that attitude of rock and roll. And weirdly, like, seeing somebody... The weird, respectable thing about Jack Black's character in this movie, even though he's, like, kind of despicable and in some ways the worst, is you you fall in love with him because he is obviously very passionate about the music, and when he starts playing with the kids, like, he starts caring about them, and just seeing anybody being passionate about what they do can be really fun. And I think that's the part that watching and thinking about going back to school uh, I enjoy, is just thinking, like, what would I get in the classroom and really get passionate working about uh working on and teaching the kids about and uh maybe if i maybe if we taught rock and roll then i could get excited um i get excited and i don't know how to do rock and roll i can't play guitar or sing (sighs) maybe i could be the student in a school of rock hmm all right well that's all for this one thank you for tuning in and listening to my rambling I'm out of practice. Two weeks off. I'll be better next time. No, I won't. Thank you for listening anyways. See you guys.